Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Galen from Local Creative Co., and today I have my friend, Becca, from Inside the Square on the show. She was a past speaker at Square Summit last year, and today we're talking all about how she got started customizing her website with code and how she turned her YouTube channel into a passive income stream selling one main digital product. If you're a Squarespace lover and you want to learn more about how to get the most out of your website, make sure to hop on the waitlist for Square Summit coming again this October. You can check it out over at squaresummit.co. I'll see you there. Becca, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy we get to have a conversation together. I know. It's so wonderful to see you again face-to-face over Zoom. Um, I know all of you are listening over audio, but Becca was one of our speakers at Square Summit last year, and we'll be doing it again this year, and I'm so, so excited about it. Uh, But we got to connect a bunch then, and it's just like fun getting to know all the speakers, and you were definitely one, like your presentation was one of the best, I think, out of that entire summit, so it was so fun to watch. Um, But tell us all a little bit about what you do for those of you who don't know you, for those of our listeners who don't know you yet. Oh, thank you so much. That was so much fun to be a part of that. I am very excited about Square Summit again this year. Um, I am what's known as a CSS super nerd. That's the title I gave myself. I am an expert at custom CSS specifically for Squarespace. So I use YouTube to teach Squarespacers around the world how to customize their websites way beyond what the standard design menu can do. So I teach little bite-sized trainings on YouTube and then on my blog as well that show Squarespacers how to change parts of their website step by super simple step, like creating a button hover color and anchor links and all kinds of fun stuff like that. I love that. I think so many people get into Squarespace because they love the simplicity of it. They love how beautiful the templates are out of the box, but then they get into customizing it. And while the style options are great, they sometimes want to take it a little bit further and struggle with that because then somebody mentions the dreaded code word that everyone wants to avoid. How did you get started with Squarespace and CSS? Were you always a CSS super nerd or did you get that way by accident? Uh, Such a great question. 100% by accident. This is something that is a skill that I have that a lot of my audience have as well, where we are the DIYers of the World Wide Web. I learned how to use CSS because I saw someone else who had a Squarespace website that literally had a button hover color change. And I was so excited that they did that on Squarespace. So I figured out how to do it myself. And I felt like an absolute rock star. And that was the first little bit of code I ever taught myself. Never went to college for code or anything like that. 100% self-taught. And I realized just how easy it was to customize. So I started reaching out to other people in the Squarespace community, learning about, hey, what do you want to know how to do? Okay, let's figure this out together. And that's how I got started learning how to code and digging into it. Squarespace is a platform I used to build client websites way back in the day when I worked with clients because it was so easy to get a normal website just up and running and looking awesome right out of the gate. But when I learned how to start customizing them for my clients, that was when I really leveled up my web design presence and my skill set. It just was an absolute game changer and I could finally start charging what I wanted to charge to actually make these websites look incredible. 
Yeah, I think that is the same thing for me. I at first knew nothing about code or CSS. I didn't major in anything related to web design or web development, but it's really addictive. You start to see these small changes you can make and you can learn really quickly once you get that momentum going of kind of figuring out how to put things together. So I kind of learned the same way was being like, I want to make my site do this. I want to make my site do that. How do I do it? And kind of scouring the web and looking at the code behind other people's websites to see how they might be doing things. That's really cool. And how do you work with clients now if you're not doing web design projects? I actually don't work with clients anymore. I completely stopped that in 2019. I am no longer work one-on-one with clients. I am focused 100% on teaching awesome Squarespace web designers like you and other people in the community exactly what you just described. You see something cool and you're like, how the heck do I do that? Well, I help you figure it out. So I teach people through my YouTube channel, but I also have a course and my students and I do a monthly Q&A session where we sit down with brand new designs and cool concepts and figure out how to recreate them in Squarespace to make it look even more amazing. So if you were a small business owner getting started with Squarespace and you're kind of DIYing everything from scratch, what is some advice that you would give to somebody in that position so they could make their Squarespace website really stand out from the crowd? Oh, such a great question. Um, The number one piece of advice, this might sound counterintuitive to what I do for a living here, but my number one piece of advice is just because you can doesn't mean you should. If you see something super cool and flashy and you find a really neat custom font that looks super fancy and you try to put it on your website, it might not be readable to your users. That button hover effect might look cool, but it might not be exactly... uh, usable or accessible to everyone who's going to be visiting your site. So when you're creating something and you're customizing the heck out of it, make sure it's because it actually aligns with the audience that you're trying to target, the message you're trying to deliver from your site. Just because it's fancy doesn't make it better. So that's definitely one of the number one pieces of advice that I have to share. I find the same thing. I think once you start to learn all of these different ways to customize your website, you can go a little crazy with fonts and colors (laughs) and adding all these custom elements that aren't necessarily adding to your website or most importantly, adding to the client experience that you're creating for your site visitors. So it's really easy to get carried away, but sometimes it's about simplifying and editing things out of your site. So that way your messaging stands out and your messaging is really clear. So if you're not working with clients and you have these digital products, products. How are you growing your audience with your Squarespace website and how are you getting people back to your website? Oh yes. The SEO is so awesome for Squarespace. I'll have to share this with you. Um, I actually just did a little audit of my site using Lighthouse tools yesterday and I got a 100% perfect score on my latest blog on Squarespace. And I was so proud of myself for that. So what I use is my YouTube channel drives traffic back to my blog post. On every single YouTube tutorial that I post, I have a lot of codes that are associated with it and I do a blog post where I dig into more of the details, write out the step-by-step for someone who might not wanna watch the video. And I tie those two pieces of content together to really help promote the organic rank for my site. Because like I mentioned earlier, the amazing thing about my audience is that they have that same mentality that I do of we can figure this out. So I definitely attract a large audience from people who literally hop into Google and just type, how do I? And figure out how do I update the blog summary on Squarespace? How do I add alt tag to images in Squarespace? And that is where my content shows up. So organic search is huge for me and utilizing the SEO features in Squarespace is exactly what brings my audience into me, into my website and into my world. 
Yeah, that's one of the things I'm most pa- most passionate about because I feel like so many creative business owners sort of ignore SEO when it comes to their business. Maybe they think they don't need to worry about it or they're going to rely heavily on social media, but SEO is just such a powerful client attraction method or just a powerful way to grow an audience in general because like you mentioned, there's all these people out there searching for different things. And if you're able to take the searcher's intent, take the keywords that they're searching for and answer those questions and put those keywords on your website because you're actually providing value to your ideal clients, it's going to grow your audience exponentially. Blogging has been huge for me and it's something that I really recommend for all of my clients. And even though it's time consuming, I think it's something that's really worth it in the long run because again, it allows you to grow your audience around the clock. So even if you don't post to social media or like if you don't post to your blog on a regular basis, you're still going to see that results. Posting regularly obviously has wonderful benefits, but I know personally for me, I've gone through periods where life gets really busy and I haven't been able to blog as much and the blog content keeps bringing new people. Whereas social media, if I kind of drop off the face of Instagram for a little while, it becomes a dead zone for me in terms of new audience. So let's talk about consistency. How do you keep up with posting every single week? I know you post every Tuesday, which is super impressive. I'm trying to do better at that this year. Um, It's always a struggle and I feel like I have a great, now I feel like I have a good system in place, but I love hearing how other creatives do that too. Yeah, that's such a great question. So one of my mentors from afar, as I like to say, because she has no idea who I am, is uh, Marie Forleo. She runs B-School and I started following her back when I was still consulting with clients and saw her post her Q&A Tuesday every single week without fail. And one of her Q&A Tuesdays was about batching content. And I think you actually talked about this in one of your earlier podcast episodes about creating consistent content and some of your strategies there. Yeah, That's really what I try to do is every, every quarter I try to sit down and I can show you here this is obviously on a podcast so no one can see it but I have this stack of post-it notes here I will sit down and set a timer for 30 minutes and write down every single idea I have for a new design concept a new layout or something I want to talk about with code and put it on a post-it note and then what I'll do is align those post-it notes in to fit every single Tuesday for the rest of the year so then when I'm ready I can sit down and be like okay how do I code that okay how do I code this and I'll sit down and work on the codes for every single aspect and just batch that content ahead of time so that I'm ready to keep that consistent schedule going. I try to have at least a month or two in advance of content just ready to rock. But one of the cool things about that too is it's still editable. So when Squarespace makes a new change, like the new list sections available in 7.1, I'm actually shifting all of my content over about a month so I can cover those and talk about them in my tutorials while they're top of mind for a lot of people. So having this just backlog of content ready to rock makes it really easy for me to still stay flexible while still being prepared to be consistent. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I feel like I'm always trying to be at least a month ahead. So as of right now, it is the end of June and I already have all my content scheduled and ready to go through August 1st, which feels amazing. amazing. 
it's virtual high five yes good job virtual (laughs) high five it's it's a process and thankfully I have a team now that can kind of help me get all of that content out into the world because it takes a long time as you know you know figuring out what you're going to say in the videos figuring out what the tutorial is going to look like actually recording the videos editing Mm -hmm. it getting everything together writing the blog post for it and then of course I try to repurpose all that content for social media as well so there's a lot of steps but I'm the same way I like to sit down and map out all of my content in advance. And I love the point you made about being able to pivot. So even if you have all Mm -hmm. your content scheduled out or planned or like have all the ideas ready till the end of the year, you can still stop or put in additional content based on what's relevant or what's popular right now. I think that um, makes a big difference. And I think it's important to be able to stay flexible. Um, So how far ahead are you right now? Or do you do a whole month at once? Do you do a couple weeks at a time? Yeah, it definitely goes in little bits of chunks. Um, I would say as far as the actual plan goes for what's going out on each single, every single Tuesday for the rest of the year, I literally have it mapped out until the end of the year, but actually written and scheduled, I'm about two months in advance right now. And I will say too, one little behind the scenes pro tip for anyone that's listening that wants to create content video wise, it is so helpful to batch because I only have to do my hair like three times a month. Like that saves me so much time and I don't need to process this too often. So doing my hair three times a month was an absolute game changer and really helps me keep that consistent schedule going. (laughs) I love that. And when you're creating these blog posts, are you doing a lot of keyword research to figure out what type of content and how you want to talk about that particular content? Or are you kind of listening to your audience and going off of that and your own knowledge as a Squarespace designer? Ooh, yes, definitely listening to the audience. And I do try to keep an eye on the terminology that they use. A lot of the research I do is actually on Pinterest as well as through Google, but Pinterest specifically, because I realize I've been in this industry so long that it's really easy for me to use terms that I'm comfortable with. And a lot of the new people that are going to find my tutorials and the new audience that I'm trying to attract towards my blog, they won't necessarily know those terms. So I might use something like how to remove the header and footer from a single page using page header code injection. But what I should actually say is how to make a landing page on Squarespace. Like I need to remember the terminology that they use. So researching on Pinterest and on Google to try and discover what terms people are using that aren't necessarily super into the industry or have been designing in Squarespace for eight years. What are these new people using to refer to the things that I want to talk about is so important to making sure that my content actually ranks well and reaches the right audience. Yeah, 100%. While I love certain keyword tools, and I think the Google keyword tool is great, I also use a keyword tool called Ubersuggest, which is a really good one. And there's a couple other ones out there that I have used as well. Sometimes listening to your audience is the best way to go. And doing that research, like you mentioned, the more qualitative research or are mm-hmm. how are people talking about this particular topic? What are the words that your ideal clients or customers are using to talk about these topics? Because those might be what are called like longer tail keywords where you have multiple words into one keyword or combined into one keyword. And that might not show up really well in a keyword tool. It might not show that it's bringing in a bunch of search traffic for a keyword tool, but it's really specific to your audience. And it's something mm-hmm. that could work really well for you. So I think just because you know your keyword tool says 
because this particular keyword isn't bringing a ton of traffic, but your audience is asking that question or you're seeing it come up again on Pinterest or on YouTube, that could be a great sign that it's still something worth creating and that can be applied uh, to any industry. So I love to see that you kind of take both approaches to thinking about you know, what would work well from an SEO perspective, but how is my audience actually talking about this? Mm-hmm. And to piggyback off of that too, I think it's so important to know that even if the keyword tools are saying there isn't a large amount of search volume for it, that doesn't mean that the 50 people who aren't searching it are going to be 50 new leads for my email list. Just because it's not 5,000 doesn't mean that that highly targeted audience isn't going to convert at a much higher rate than that set of 5,000 that I could be attracting by using a much broader term. So I definitely like to focus on the not so popular ones because those are the people that can really benefit from my content. Yeah, and those are typically easier to rank for too because there's less competition. But like you mentioned, you're more likely to convert a higher percentage of those people into email subscribers or into paying customers because they're really they're searching for exactly what you're offering. And maybe they're going to watch that one video of yours, click over to your website, and then binge maybe like 10 or 15 more videos in that one sitting and become your biggest advocates or your super fans. So that's really yes. interesting to hear that you've had that experience as well. And I think that can be valuable, again, not, not just for people doing code tutorials or other tech tutorials, but any type of creative business owner out there. Look at the frequently asked questions that your ideal clients are asking in Facebook groups, on YouTube, on Pinterest, you know, what kind of articles are popular for your niche and think about how you can add your own spin on that. Um, how do you deal with competition in the YouTube space of putting out content and thinking about like what other tutorials are out there and figuring out ways to put your own spin on that content. Uh, yes, that is definitely a tricky one for me when it comes to staying in the right mindset for that. I mean, everyone in the world has their own level of self-esteem when it comes to those kind of things. And I'm here to tell you, after doing this for two years, putting my face out on YouTube every single week is still not easy. I still get freaked out every time I turn on that camera. I still get nervous. I still have to put on way too much deodorant every time because I'm just like a hot mess over here. But every single time that I do it, I like to remind myself that even if someone out there is teaching the exact same thing, they're not gonna do it the way that I do it. I present my content differently. I have a teaching style that was very, uh, I very mirrored from what my mom did. My mom was an elementary school teacher for 22 years. I, that. I learned so much from her and she always taught things in such an approachable way, even when she was teaching adults how to teach children, which is something she did for a while. I try to really learn a lot from that and focus on making things actionable and providing bite-sized steps, not using that industry term uh, terminology that a lot of people do. I try to remember, even if someone out there is presenting the same thing, the way I do it, my style is uniquely me. So that's what I can focus on. And that definitely helps boost my confidence. But rest assured to anyone who's listening, if you are nervous about going on video, that's never gonna go away. You just have to do it anyway. <laughs> I can tell you that from my own experience. Two years into the running and I still stumble over my words. I'm collecting my little blooper reel that I'll probably publish next April Fools because oh my gosh, the amount of bloopers that none of you have ever seen, it is hilarious. <laughs> It, yes, you are correct. It does not get, I wouldn't say it doesn't get easier. I think it does 
get easier, but you still always have that same lingering feeling of, mm-hmm. oh, that was terrible. Oh, why can't I get this one line right? Why can't I say this one word without fumbling? Like, it's just, it's always going to be difficult, especially anything with video. It's just a yeah. whole different world. And you just have to be able to laugh at yourself and you just have to be okay with making mistakes and push through. And I think mm-hmm. at the end of it, like for me, I've started making more YouTube videos lately. A, I try not to look at too much of the competition. I try to be, um, try to avoid watching YouTube videos in my niche actually. And I try to watch YouTube videos from other vloggers or other niches just to get ideas for like editing and style and things like that. And then it also is just nice to like go back and look at the videos you've created and see that growth. Like I'm sure if you look at your first YouTube video versus the last one, it's gotta be like a whole overnight difference. Like just completely different. Oh my gosh, yes. And I spoke in such a monotone in the beginning too. I'm a lot more dramatic when I talk and I use my hands so much in video. And it's so funny to go back to some of my first ones to see just how nervous I really was and how uncomfortable I was being my confident self. So it's definitely something that I've I've improved over the years. I'm very happy about that. But I do love that you you try to stay away from looking at too much of your competition because you really can't gleam too much from that when you're trying to focus on creating your own style. It's really important to see, like you mentioned, other bloggers and the things that they're doing. I love looking at other people's studio setup. I'm gonna do a little studio glow up myself at the end of the month here. I have a new room in my apartment that I'm just gonna redesign to make 100% studio all the time. So I'm really excited about that, but not looking at what my competition is doing, but getting inspiration from just other people in the YouTube sphere, I think is so, so important. 100%. Um, So you have a digital product business. Let's talk about how you use your blog and your YouTube channel to, uh, to push people through your digital products. Yes, absolutely. So another one of my mentors from afar, um, Amy Porterfield, She's uh, she does Digital Course Academy and she also has the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Really, it's a really great smart podcast. lady. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Um, she used to always say, teach the what and the why and sell the how. I'm definitely paraphrasing here, but that was kind of her thing. I kind of did the exact opposite there and I teach the how and the why, but I sell the what. So the one main product that I have is a $34.99 USD uh, CSS cheat sheet. It is just a massive PDF with a bunch of pro tips and code names and pre-styled snippets and all kinds of fun stuff for customizing Squarespace. And what I do is in my tutorials, each one of them is just one little aspect of that CSS cheat sheet that I teach you how to use and how to customize. I teach you the how and the why, and what I sell is the what. And what I, the whole concept of my cheat sheet is saving people time so they don't have to go through every single one of my 120 plus tutorials to grab these codes that they need. If they see that they like customizing with code and they're ready to jump in and learn more, they can grab that PDF from any page on my website. And I promote it in every single tutorial. And it's what has enabled me to stop teaching people or stop working with clients one-on-one and focus entirely on teaching and getting this PDF in the hands of people that need it. That's amazing. So this just one product basically is your business right now. Yes, I do have my side course and one other PDF that I sell, but this is my main focus, the main thing that I want to offer. And it's been just incredible to see how many people around the world just love this information, putting it all into one PDF and getting this in the hands of people literally across the globe to have them make their Squarespace sites look even more amazing has just been so phenomenal for me as an entrepreneur. And I I love that my 
YouTube tutorials and having my blog on Squarespace has allowed me to get this stuff in the hands of people that need it. It's so fun for me. Yeah. How did you decide that this was the digital product that you wanted to create for your business? Um, I think I decided this uh, kind of by accident. Um, I created this for myself, for my own work. I was working on so many awesome sites and realizing like, ooh, this is a cool code. I don't want to forget this. So I started putting it all into this Google document, quite literally just this massive Google doc. And after presenting a couple tutorials on YouTube and seeing the actual view count go up and that people wanted to see this, I challenged myself, okay, let's do this every Tuesday. And I realized every single person watching this video could use this document that I'd made for myself. So I put a fancy little header and footer in there, exported it as a PDF and put it on my Squarespace site and said, hey, if you want all the codes that I'm using, here you go. And it took off like gangbusters. It was amazing how that literally changed overnight. And then I had uh, Squarespace actually feature the cheat sheet a couple of years ago in one of their circled newsletters. And that really put me on the map for this. And that's when I realized, oh man, I can help Squarespacers on a regular basis. I need to get this out to the world. That's so amazing. It's so interesting to hear how you kind of stumbled upon this niche of something that you were passionate about, something you were doing, and were able to find people who also wanted to kind of learn along with you and then put this resource together um, and make it accessible to your audience and and, and a way to support you making these videos, right? By purchasing the, the digital products, people are supporting you making these videos and allowing you to basically have this business, which is so cool that that's even a career option, right? I feel like all of these different digital product spaces. Uh, No one really tells you like you can do this when you're in high school or college. This is not like a career path that counselors talk about. Um, Running a business in general, whether you're a service provider or digital product business, I feel like this is something that is so realistic, but yet so often um, underrepresented at different career fairs or career resources in our life growing up. Absolutely. And I would love to add to the the flexibility of having this as a digital product is another thing that I love about it. So when I created this two years ago, that was before 7.1 had even been released as a beta test. Like a lot of things in Squarespace change often. They constantly add new ideas, new content, new things that we can customize. So because this is a digital product, about once a year, I actually update this cheat sheet with new ideas, new codes that I've learned, new things that I've taught in in my tutorials on YouTube. And I can just email out a new copy to everybody that's ever ordered one and keep all of us on the same page, just updated and refreshed and it allows me to keep in contact with this amazing community who also send me ideas for things to add to the next version, which is so super fun for me. It's really inspirational and definitely comes full circle in inspiring each other in this amazing community of Squarespacers that we have. Yeah. And do you use Squarespace e-commerce to sell your digital products? I do. Yep. 100%. I am a Squarespace girl through and through. I use Squarespace to set up. I have one main page and that that's where the PDF is available and it keeps track of everything. And I set up my payments through Stripe and PayPal. So people have both options. I'm not sure if there are different countries that Stripe doesn't work in, but a lot of my international clients prefer PayPal. So I have it set up for both all through Squarespace, which is so handy. Anytime I need to email all of the people that have ordered my cheat sheet, I just hop into Squarespace campaigns, shoot out an email with the updated version and everybody's happy. It makes it so much easier for me. 
That is amazing too. Yeah, I think Squarespace has so many wonderful out of the box features. I do absolutely love Squarespace, but I definitely sort of have like a piecemealed digital product strategy. I use Flowdesk for email marketing. I use HoneyBook for client management. Um, and I like to kind of piece together different tools based on what I need, but it is wonderful that Squarespace does have everything out of the box and they've added campaigns in the last year, which has just been such a strong addition to the Squarespace features and functionality. So I absolutely love to see that you've kind of embraced all of that too. And the members areas as well. Are you using members members areas at all for yourself or? Oh um... yeah. Oh, I am. And I am so excited about it. Oh my gosh. So I use it for my course for Custom Code Academy. I have three different members areas where I teach uh, website designers all of the things I know about CSS. Instead of bite-sized tutorials, it is all the details. I've got like 24 video lessons and PDFs and cheat sheet resources and all kinds of fun stuff in there. And I'm also toying around with some other member areas ideas for some monthly content that I've been consulting with a few people about, which seems really fun. Um, and also, I'm not sure if this when this podcast is going to be released, but if you are a Squarespace Circle member, keep your eye on the Circle forums and the Circle platform there. I'm actually partnering with Squarespace to do a webinar all about creating member areas and what type of content to promote inside the member areas from courses to classes and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So that webinar is going to be a Circle member webinar available inside the Circle forums. Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. There are so many ways to use it. And just something that I think was needed for so long in the Squarespace world that when they released it, just so much excitement around it and brings up so many more opportunities for Squarespace um, business owners to be able to add this whole other layer of income generating content to their business. Um, so that's cool to hear that you're already using that. You've got the campaigns, you've got the e-commerce side of it now. Um, anything else exciting? that you have planned for the future that you want to share with us? I don't know. I feel like I should get a Squarespace tattoo now. I feel like I just need to incorporate this into my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) Those are definitely the exciting things I'm working on right now. I do want to share though with anyone out there who's curious about customizing your site, that is the one thing that I really like to focus on. And just like we talked about in the beginning, it doesn't have to be super flashy or complicated. It can just be a few simple design changes. So I really want to encourage your audience to get creative with what they're putting out there on the World Wide Web. Definitely get creative with Squarespace. I actually have a a free guide about customizing sites inside the square.co forward slash learn where I just give you the basics of CSS so I can show you how it's nothing to be intimidated by. You can teach yourself how to code too. You can make Squarespace look even more awesome right out of the gate. So that's definitely the exciting thing that I'm working with right now. Yeah, there are so many opportunities. I think people assume all Squarespace sites look the same and that the templates you have to choose from are basically just the templates they have on their site. And just to remind yourself that those are just starting points. And if you know just a little bit of code, if you have just a little bit of um, knowledge, if you can gain just a little bit of knowledge about how the back end of Squarespace works, there are unlimited opportunities from making a site feel unique and match your brand. So somebody scrolls over to your website and is thinking, wow, is this a Squarespace website? Because it looks nothing like one. That's my absolute favorite thing. Whenever I work with (laughs) one-on-one clients, I'm like, how do I trick everyone into having no clue that this is a Squarespace site? But then the client has the back end, um, the really beautiful, simple back end from a management perspective, and they still get that click to edit. Uh, It's so powerful. And in the simplicity, like I think that's the biggest piece of it. Like the management side is just so much fun because the back end is so well designed. But then you can really take the, 
the front end, the, the client facing part of your site to, the, to a new level. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I love that you said that because that is one of my favorite feelings when someone looks at a website and goes, whoa, this is Squarespace. Like that is absolutely the goal for a lot of my audience and for me as well. I love it when people are surprised. (laughs) Yes, me too. So tell us where we can find you online on YouTube, on Instagram, your website, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So YouTube is my my home on the World Wide Web, youtube.com forward slash inside the square. And then my website is inside the square.co. There I have hundreds of tutorials, not just about code, but also just about the beginnings of working with Squarespace. So if you're brand spanking new to making a website and you're like, okay, how do I add a form? (laughs) You can head on over to insidethesquare.co forward slash tiny. That's where I have all of my tiny tutorials, little bite-sized two-minute trainings to help you set up the most amazing site that you possibly can. Hit the ground running and get that website launched. But insidethesquare.co is where it at because .com was like four grand and I was not going to spend that on a domain. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I feel you. I'm a .co too. I think it's trendy. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's way it cooler works. than .com. <laughs> yeah, and it was only twelve ninety nine a year, so I took it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Becca, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really hope to see you at Square Summit again this year. And it's just been so much fun chatting with you. Absolutely. I love talking to you every time and so excited to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, take a screenshot and tag us over on Instagram so we can get to know you and your business. Also, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help more creatives like you find the show and tune in. See you next time.